0: the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one.
1: Hey, happy podcast day and we're back for another episode and thank you so much for all the feedback that you've been sending in. In particular, we got a lot of great feedback the last time Louis Isabella was on. So we're happy to welcome him back to the show. It's uh, always great to hear you and obviously people want to hear more. So I'm going to turn it over to Al at this point because you guys are going to talk about something that might just put a benefits guy have his eyes glaze over. So I might uh, <laughs> I might just sit back and, and try to learn uh, while you guys are chatting about this, Really interesting topic, and I think very interesting for a lot of our listeners. So I'll turn it over to Al. Perfect. Thank you, Robin. Yes, yeah, so we're back with Louis Isabella. I don't know if, if people listened in last time, Louis was in talking about RDSPs, Registered Disability Savings Plans, and, and yes, we had a lot of great feedback. But today we're going to talk about something quite a bit different. And I think today's topic will really appeal to any small business owners that are out there that have some investments some passive income sitting in a holding company. Because Louis, as, as you know, and, and as I know, the government made some changes uh, recently that could potentially affect the small business owners who are trying to take advantage of that small business deduction within their company. but potentially we will lose that because of some passive income rule changes. So can you maybe just talk a little bit about that? Start off just maybe by uh, explaining what the small business deduction is, and then how these new rules can, can impact that deduction.
0: Sure thing, and good morning to you both. Happy to be here again. So just for context, within a company, generally we're always talking about two types of income that a company is earning, active or passive. So essentially, active is your you've got a business that's doing whatever, consulting income or selling widgets or whatever. That's your active business. That's the main thing that you do every day. But sometimes what happens is companies are generating a lot of cash, extra cash. And if you're generating a lot of extra cash that's not really needed or required in the day-to-day operations of the business, That starts to be defined as passive income. And so the government really doesn't like that. Because what happens is active business income is taxed at a very low rate. Somewhere around, we're here in Ontario, it's around a 12% mark, 12.5% investment income is taxed at a little bit higher rate, somewhere around 50%. But just a little bit higher. Right. <laughs> that was 5-0, not 5 it's, it's 5-0, 5-0. Right. And, and there's some complicated factors to that. And you can get back some of that high rate tax by paying out dividends. But really, I don't want to kind of get into all of that right now. Right. We're talking about the new rules. So really, the government wants to not allow companies to take advantage of the small business tax rate when they're generating lots of extra cash that's not needed for their business and they're earning income on that cash. So they put rules in place to deal with that. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is the passive investment rules that the liberals put forth and it's been adopted in the Tax Act, they're not really new. A lot of people think these rules are new. They're actually not new. And in fact, on the one hand, it's it's actually better than what was in place before. So we always had the requirement when we prepare corporate tax returns for corporate clients to segregate passive investment. Right. Always. Yep. And that passive investment was taxed at a higher rate, period. Mm-hmm. Actually, the government has helped a little bit here because they've put a threshold in place okay. of $50,000. So think about this for a second before we had no threshold. So in theory, before, every dollar of passive investment income that would be earned by a corporation would be taxed at the high rate. Okay. I should mention, where we really are talking about net investment income. So there are some expenses that would reduce that. But now the government has said, we'll allow you... To earn up to fifty thousand dollars of passive investment income, and that can still attract the small business tax rate, no problem at all.
1: Just to clarify, the small business tax rate only applies in the operating company, this correct? Is on operating, income, correct, right? Correct. So I can have up to fifty thousand dollars of passive income, and I don't in any way affect. The, the small business deduction that I Correct. get in my operating company. Now, as that
0: $50,000 uh, increases, mm-hmm. you start to get a clawback against the use of your small business deduction. So you're, the total amount you can use for small business deduction is 500000 Right. And essentially, for every dollar above 50000 up to $150,000, you start clawing back right. at that small business deduction amount. Yeah. And we're talking about passive investment income, it could be interest, dividends, capital gains, royalties, rents, all of this type of stuff. So the real question is how to manage this, how to deal with it when you get above that $50,000 of investment earnings. And remember, for context, you're earning 5% on some vehicle out there, we're talking about a million dollars. So up to a million dollars at a 5% uh, yep. rate of return, There's that like would 50, give you $50,000. Um, right. So we're really talking, generally speaking, about corporate clients that have in excess of a million dollars of passive investment income right. in their in their corporation. So
1: and just using those numbers, basically, if you have a million dollars sitting around, you're earning 5%. In, Let's say a GIC. It's hard to get five percent on a GIC, right. but let's just say that's going to generate your fifty thousand. Now you're just starting that threshold of now. I'm starting to impact Correct. my small business Correct. deduction. By the time, in theory, Correct. using the same numbers, I get the three million dollars of holdings Correct. at five percent. Now I'm up to the hundred and fifty thousand. I have lost all of my small business deduction within right. my corporation. And that's really not good. No, you're going to be paying a lot
0: more tax right.
1: than you really thought you should. So you mentioned it before. You've lost your twelve percent tax rate on your active income and now you're going to be paying up to 50 percent up to 50 yeah. percent, even on active business correct. income correct so it's a big hit it's a big it's hit. a big hit so that's the importance of trying to either reduce or manage correct. or eliminate this problem and of and, passive income.
0: and remember you're not going to uh, get away from paying this by sheltering your passive investment income in a holding company. Right. As long as your companies are related or associated with each other, right. and you should speak to your accountant about that, yep. they're going to share in those thresholds. Yes. So in my experience, really, there's two ways to manage it. So when you're when you're dealing with uh, the higher level corporate clients that have significant amounts of passive investment, to me, they should be looking at two things. One is working really diligently with whoever their advisors and investment advisors and financial advisors are to defer or stagger their gains or capital gains. We've seen situations where clients are able to not not be in excess of the threshold every year. So maybe be in excess on one year mm-hmm. and then get below the threshold for, for a number of years. Right. That might be one option. Um, so, you know, you're going to pay a high rate tax one year, one year and then five years, not lose that small business deduction on your active business income for a right. few years after that. Right. The other really good option, and then, Al, you could speak a lot more to this because I know we've dealt with a number of clients who use this is the purchase of corporate-owned permanent life insurance policies within your corporation. Right up our alley. Um, There's lots of benefits for that, uh, even outside of this. But the way the rules are, any money put into these corporate-owned insurance policies would fall outside of this passive investment threshold. Right. So that, I think, would be a real viable option certain clients. And you can speak maybe a little bit to that.
1: certainly. So uh, what what Louis specifically is referring to is when you do have a permanent cash value life insurance policy that is building up cash, the annual growth within that policy, it it doesn't kick out any taxable income. So at the end of the year, you don't get uh, any type of taxable receipt from the investment company or anything like that that says, oh, by the way, you made this amount of money this year and now you owe some tax on it. It's not the way permanent insurance works. So generally speaking, all the growth with inside an insurance contract is tax sheltered, potentially down the road, depending on how you get it out of there, some of it might be taxable. But by that time, perhaps you've wound up the operating company, your holding company is just being used as a vehicle for some income. So at that point, it doesn't matter anymore because there's no small business deduction to affect with any type of income. So yes, it is. A, it's a great strategy have the money building up inside of an insurance plan because it doesn't impact the uh, the passive income. And, I mean, we have a lot
0: of clients even who would use this even before right. who you needed to deal with this, this yeah. passive investment income threshold. Generally speaking, if you own a corporation and you do need some additional life insurance, it may very well be a good option to just let your yeah. company hold that policy because it allows you to pay the premiums for that policy. With corporate dollars rather than personal dollars, which is also um, perfect. Of course, uh, you're not going to be able to deduct those premiums for tax purposes, Correct. but you are using corporate dollars instead of personal dollars yep. uh, so to pay the premiums. Yeah. and the flow through yeah. of the benefits, if you needed them, uh, is tax free. Of course, as yeah. we know, all, all the same as it would be if you held it personally. Yeah. So, you know, I think the these new passive investment threshold rules just give greater attraction to the use of the corporate-owned policies in certain situations.
1: Yes. This strategy is not new in the sense that passive income has always been taxable. And you always wanted to try and reduce the amount of tax But it's now this second effect of not only do we get taxed on passive income, it also potentially affects the small business deduction. So we've kind of gone from a single thing to worry about to now two things to worry about and two things to manage. So, yes, that's great. Anything else to add? I know that's fairly complex stuff, but anything else to add on your thoughts about how to manage the passive income rules or importance of it or anything like that?
0: I I just think it it can be tricky. And certainly if, if you are in that area where you have uh, significant monies uh, set aside and, and passive investments in your corporation, you've got to be sitting down, I would suggest quarterly, with your financial advisors to right. work with them to make sure that you're staying on side with the rules yep. and, and look at the options. Last thing you want
1: to do is get to the year end and <laughs> find out Absolutely. if It's never a good idea. There you go, scramble no, Never a good idea. Okay. It's just being
0: aware of it. And, and the more aware you are, the better you can manage it perfect.
1: I think that's great. I think we'll wrap it up there. We'll dive into in a, in a different podcast some of the benefits of current insurance and how it works and how it can address this type of situation, but I think that's a great start, Louis. I really appreciate your feedback and your your insight on this type of problem that can affect potentially a lot of business owners happy to there. be here thanks yeah i think it's great content always great to see you and uh, i think we'll hang out a bit after the podcast it's always so good to have you around that does it for another episode folks i hope you found it interesting and relevant to your business as always you know where to find al and i uh, at Life and like the or aria benefits or by joining the conversation on linkedin and remember it all starts with one